0: I'm going to honor that warranty, even though it's, uh, you know, we shouldn't be. But, you know, I'll do this as a personal thing for you. I'll honor your warranty. I'll come back out here. I'll open you up again. But then we need to have that serious conversation. I'll be out getting your line replaced. And they're, oh, okay, yeah. So, and inevitably, you know, two weeks, six weeks, I'm getting that phone call. Paul, we're backed up again. You are right. Can you come out here and get me opened up? I'm out there. I open them up. And... Two days later, I'm replacing their sewer line.
1: Welcome to the Waste No Day podcast, a podcast specifically for and about the home services industry as it relates to plumbing, heating, air conditioning, and electrical. More than a podcast, Waste No Day is a credo, a determination, a mindset. It is a never-ending discipline. It is a refuse-to-lose pursuit. It is a wake-up call every morning to waste no day. Now, here's your hosts, Brian Burton and Nate Minnick. Hey, welcome to another episode of the Waste No Day podcast. I'm your host, Nate. I'm your co-host, Brian. And we have an exciting new interview for you this week. We're continuing with our series, Riches in Niches, and this time the subtitle is Sewers and Drains. And for that particular topic, we've brought in our resident expert, or one of them at least. His name is Paul Francis. He is one of our drain technicians at Benjamin Franklin Plumbing in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And we are so excited to have him on the show today uh, to give his expertise and lend his opinions to the matter at hand here. So welcome, Paul. Thank you. It's an honor and a pleasure. Awesome. Uh, yeah, we're really looking forward to having you on here, and we like to really start off with our guests by kind of getting to know some more about them. I know you have a particularly interesting history in how you got into the trade, so uh, give us a little detail about the background and, and then how you wound up here.
0: All right, the details. Um, I won't get too detailed, but it's, uh, it's a story. I spent 25 years or so in the hospitality or food service industry. I was a executive chef. Uh, restaurant owner, and uh, I did that for the better part of my life.
1: Executive Um, chef.
0: An executive chef, professional chef, uh, whatever you want to call it. That uh, sounds fancy. (laughs) Fancy is the word. A lot of hard work (laughs) is the word. Uh, Long hours. Um, I opened up two Italian restaurants, full-service Italian restaurants. Um, I was a chef at a country club. So I have a lot of uh, a lot of that background, uh, wow. and and as a chef, as as you get older and progress in the career, it's it's n- it's not so much cooking anymore. It's it's more of the <clears throat> training, the menu planning, uh, dealing with vendors. So it's you know twenty percent cooking, and about eighty percent of all the other tasks that are required to to run a kitchen, to manage a staff,
1: to uh, keep things rolling on down the road. Um, so what type of, uh, foods were you preparing all kinds?
0: Uh, my, my specialty, uh, or niche uh, since we're on that topic, oh, yeah, it was, see. uh, was Italian food. Uh, so the, uh, two, I opened up two Italian restaurants in the area. I won't name any names or anything, but, uh, they're, uh, they're still in business. Um, but starting from the ground up, uh, the, with the menus and to focus on Italian, specifically regional Italian cuisine and, uh. You need specific ingredients. You need specific items. Um, and then opened up my own uh, owner-operator of a uh, pizzeria and a catering company here in this area. And uh, we, I got very nichey with that. Um, you know, we had pizza, chicken wings, about five subs, and about five salads. So the menu was very small. Uh, so the niche was we did gluten-free, which uh, – not too many, when I opened up my business, not too many p- pizzerias or catering companies offered gluten-free. So that was kind of the niche I was going for, and it was an extremely successful, um, awesome experience. And I knew, you know, I had to tell the backstory of, you know, I knew from a very young age that I wanted to be a chef. That was my initial calling. Um, and I, at 12 years old, I remember, I'm going to be a chef. This is what I'm going to do.
1: Wow, that's and, incredible.
0: And then um perseverance I think is one of the words you could use uh hard-headedness or whatever words but uh then I uh opened up my own business um which was a goal, you know, that was one of my you know bucket list thing is it was to open up a business. Um I did that. I uh I was successful at that. I enjoyed it. Um met some awesome people. Uh did some awesome things. We and uh, we were the catering company for the Harrisburg Senators home games. No way. Uh, yes. So you know, th- you know that kind of leads us into you know the, my success here is the ability to to, to talk to people, to sell. Uh, you know the product was, you know catering. You know the product was myself. I guess uh, being able to have those communications with people that and uh, try and get them to come over to my side and come over and buy, buy my product. You know, they, they had a, they had a problem. They needed to feed 40 baseball players and I had the solution and it worked out pretty
1: well. Um, yeah, that's amazing. And and I'm fascinated to understand how you got from, uh, let's, shall we say one end of the food chain to the other end of the food chain? (laughs) That's a, that's a good analogy. I like that one. Um, yeah. So
0: as my lease was coming up in the, uh, my business, Um, And me and talking to my wife, uh, we were like, what if we sell and put it up on the market? You know, we have an asking price. What if we sell? Um, You know, or the other option would be to, you know, continue the lease for another X amount of years and continue doing this business. Uh, At the time, uh, we were planning our uh, anniversary trip to Costa Rica um, and uh we're like, you know what? Let's uh, let's go on our let's put it up for sale. See what happens. If no one wants to buy it, that's fine. We'll just continue on down the road. I no, mean, no no worries. So we, uh, we we got with a real estate agent. We uh, put it on the market, and the next day we flew off to Costa Rica for our uh, anniversary trip. Uh, about three days into our anniversary trip, we got a phone call from our realtor and said that someone is interested in buying your business. And we're like. Wow, that uh, that was unexpected. Um, so you know, long story short, our anniversary is in September. Uh, by March of the following year, we had sold our business, we had sold basically everything we owned, and we moved to Central America. It, <laughs> it happened that quick.: wait, wait, wait.
1: <laughs> Yes, there was there was definitely some decision-making processes in there, I'm guessing.
0: <laughs> there is, we have one or two, obviously. Uh, you know, we had uh, you know one of our bucket lists was mine personal was to live on a beach in Central America. I mean, that was one wow. of those big bucket lists of the things that yeah, that would be great. But in reality, come on, let's be serious. Can you know you know? And I've, I've talked to people that oh yeah, I would love to do that, but how do you do that? You know, how do you live for a year and not work? How do you live in a foreign country? You know, and <clears throat> we had this game plan and the the business of selling of the business was the catalyst and uh we got the money that we wanted for the business um and we were like if we're going to do this let's do it now and instantly started the process Uh, we loved Costa Rica when we were there and that's how kind of the idea was half formed and uh the just we decided to do it and we put our mind to it we uh we moved to this little beach town, sight unseen. And we landed in. Good uh, grief. Yeah. <laughs> March 1st, we landed. Uh, we put our business, you know, we, we sold in uh, September, October. And, you know, f- five, six months later, the process of taking our three dogs to a foreign country was quite exciting. <laughs> the process of selling our house, we owned a home, uh, selling our home while we lived in a foreign country was uh, quite interesting. Uh, the process of coming and going because you have to leave every three months because we were on a tourist visa.
1: Mm.
0: So <clears throat> a lot of life experiences there of dealing with uh, different, obviously, people. Uh, it was a third-world country, so, you know, the things that we take for granted here are uh, not not readily available there. And it uh, gave us a different perspective. It gave us a different uh, look on things. We control it. We call it control-alt-delete. Um, you know, I was... I had done everything I wanted to in the food service industry. I was, you know, what else would I do? I've opened restaurants, I've had my own business, I've sold my own business. What, what's the next step? I've done consulting, There's, there wasn't much left for me to do. And I like, you know what? <clears throat> Let's control, I'll delete this and start over. So we took a year, lived, uh, lived on the beach, lived the beach life, uh, my kids were with me, my three dogs were with me, my wife obviously was with me. We had a great time. <clears throat> a year later, we moved back to the Harrisburg area. Um, we bought a, bought a home. I uh, was just doing some odd jobs. I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to do something in the trades, whether it was carpentry, whether it was uh, roofing, whether it was painting, whether it was inside remodeling, whether it was plumbing, whether it was electric. Whether it, I just knew the general, the big picture was I wanted to do something in the trades, and uh, doing odd jobs, I worked with real estate agents. Um, <clears throat> they would put houses on the market. A lot of times the situation was it was an elderly person. They were either moved into a rest home or they had passed. So the, the house, before it could sell, needed a little bit of upkeep and a little bit of remodeling. So I would, working with the real estate agents, I would do the front of the, you know, the in front of the house is the landscaping, do, you know, clean up, you know, replace a toilet, put a new faucet in, paint a room you know, clean some windows, things like that. And uh, it was like, you know what, I I enjoy this. Um, I don't mind the hard work. I don't mind getting my hands dirty. Um, So while I was doing that in the evening, I started uh, doing online classes to become a certified home inspector. Hmm. Um, So I did that. Uh, I got my certification, Um, did a couple home inspections. It wasn't You know, the big goal, I think, was to, you know, find a niche, shall we say, was to, you know, to focus and specialize on something. Um, So I parlayed the uh, home inspector knowledge to a job as a uh, maintenance technician at an apartment complex. And there we did everything, Uh, you know, as a technician, we did, you know, shoveled snow, mowed grass, repaired windows, repaired door frames, you know did some repairs on the HVAC system you know did minor plumbing repairs, you know replaced floors, did painting I mean the whole gamut of everything and uh, I was there for a year um, during that year I got promoted to the maintenance supervisor, which you know with zero experience uh, I was like, you know what i I enjoy this again, but i I, I don't don't want to be the jack of all trades. So while I was there, uh, I'd been doing research on the different trades, and uh, one article struck me as uh, kind of kind of guided me to where I am today. It was uh, an article concerning the the plumbing systems of America, and that they're all old and deteriorating uh, because of the boom in the, the you know the 60s, the 70s of all these houses being uh, built, and their plumbing systems are you know cast iron and they're failing and you need we need plumbers to replace these i'm like hmm. so i uh like you know what i'm gonna start looking for a job as a plumber uh i went on online and uh indeed i believe it was and uh scrolling through the plumbing jobs you know twenty dollars an hour you know 25.50 you know which was the same i was as i was making as a the maintenance supervisor at, a, uh, at, the, at the place I was working. And then I saw this one ad that uh, struck me. It said, earning potential of $100,000 uh, plus a year, first year. I'm like, well, if the potential's there, I'm going to, uh, that's the one I'm applying for. I applied. Um, I got a call back from, I guess, Caleb. I came in, interviewed with uh, Caleb, Brian, I believe Aaron was there and uh, they offered me the position. Uh, first plumbing interview, first plumbing job. Um, so I accepted, I was riding along for, for a while. I started in February last year, I was riding along, was getting ready to transition into the um, service plumber truck and one of the uh, drain specialists quit. Um, and the opportunity was there and I with conversations with the management and the staff and everybody i f- we figured that it would be a good fit so i accepted that position um i rode along with our other drain specialist john for a while learned uh, learned a little bit uh i was in a rush to get into a truck i like the challenge i like the uh, i like to, to tackle uh things head on and uh, get it done and uh I did, uh, did the training, got in my truck at the end of, uh, end of April, beginning of May,
1: and uh, so far so good. Here we are. Yeah, and the rest, they, uh, as they say, is history. Huh? The rest is history. Wow, that's certainly one of the more unique backgrounds that I've ever heard as far as how somebody got here, and a really exciting story that uh, perhaps more at another time. Uh, but what when, I want to focus when on. When did you get into your truck, Paul? Oh, yeah.
0: I got in my truck, uh, I think it was April 28th, I believe. I ran my first call and sold my first uh, sewer line replacement uh, in May
2: 1st. I and that was 2020. Yes. All right. And, and how do you feel about your uh, prospects of making 100, 100 plus your first full year? Well,
0: uh, <clears throat> I made, well, I don't know if we want to get into specifics, but. Uh, <laughs> We made. I made that in the uh, from May till December of this year, plus. All uh, right, through, but it, so man. less than a year. I. It, it the opportunity here, is what you can make of it. There is no nothing holding you back. Me anyway. There's nothing holding me back to to uh, to, to achieve these goals. And if there's uh, you know, there I think of it as being self-employed still. You know, Ben Franklin and the the team here provides me the. The, the contact and it's up to me to uh make the most out of that contact as uh, as I can and,
1: yeah that's, uh, a,
2: that's a great statement I was uh it was Brian Tracy um who I remember hearing that first from is your he said just take your first and last name and put ink at the end of it you don't work for anybody You're, yeah and I always thought um, when I get into my truck I'm I'm in uh Brian Burton Inc headquarters right here and I'm fortunate enough to work for a company that's going to supply that truck and get me my customers, which yeah. is pretty rare for running your own business, as you know. Absolutely. Well. Um, and all I have to do is go out there and capitalize every day. Yeah.
0: And, the, you know, there's the a support staff. And you know, if I was, you know, heaven forbid I wanted to be a plumber on my own, there's no possible way that I could, you know, you could get the resources, get the leads, get the tools, get the, all this stuff that everyone here does behind the scenes that makes my job easier and facilitates my job. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, you know, thank you to everyone here that does that. It's, uh, it it keeps, keeps me moving and uh, impossible to do without all the, the back staff to help everything along.
2: Well, you make it look easy from your end and certainly um, make everybody in the office and all the staff um, feel like you appreciate everything they do and everybody truly enjoys working with you. And it's been uh, been a pleasure to have you on board so far.
0: Well, I appreciate it. You know, and it, coming up in the food service industry, there's there's a lot of soft skills. And you guys have talked that, about that before. But soft skills that I developed to be able to, you know, not necessarily, you know, the hard skill is, you know, specifically for me is, you know, laying pipes in trenches and doing hydro jetting. Um, you know, and that's honestly you know again as a chef 20% was actually cooking food you know as a drain tech you know 20% 30% is just is as the actual sticking the jetter hose in the drain and replacing the drain the, the rest of it is talking to the client uh you know the paperwork on the back end the the dealing with the rest of the techs you know those are the things that uh I think I can excel at and uh you know like I was <clears throat> when I was riding along as you know the the selling part isn't going to be the part that's difficult for me. It's the actual technical skills that is going to be something that I have to learn. It is learnable, you know, um, but uh, the
1: the soft skills, I think, are what I uh, excel at. Yeah, and I think there's a, a lot of evidence of that, Paul. Um, so let's jump into exactly what you do uh, on, on a daily basis. Um, what is all encompassed in your sewer and drain world? Well, I... The, My days vary,
0: but a a typical day would be you know, I get my first call and it's either a sole jetter, which is the hydro jetter, uh, or I need to go to a client's house that has a drain issue. Uh, So I'm drain specific. Occasionally there'll be some other things, but uh, drain specific, there's, and there's, it's typically not saying it a a major emergency, but there's typically some urgency in the process. Uh, I show up and there's, Raw sewage in their basement. There's raw sewage coming out of, of, their, dish, of their washing machine, standpipe. Uh, there's raw sewage in their front yard. So they have their eyebrows raised, and they're very uh, anxious. They're scared. You know, they don't know what's going on. Why is this happening? You know, and getting there, trying to calm them down a little bit. And then, you know, the, the basics of it is unclogging that drain getting a finding a solution to the problem you know is it just toilet paper clog and the solution is just don't flush so much toilet paper buy a different brand or is the solution you have roots in your line this isn't the 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 ultimate solution for this is to replace the line and uh, you know every call varies from stop using wipes to we need to dig up your uh, front yard and we need to break up the concrete in your basement and replace everything
1: Okay, so definitely a wide variety there. And in my understanding is that you would have three primary tools, right? You would have like a cable, which would be for kind of your standard. A cable? I don't know. What that... <laughs> <laughs> we <coughs> Okay, oh, yeah. yeah. For standard drain clearing, you would have a, uh, you used, called it a hydro jetter, uh, which I want to learn more about. And then you would have the ultimate uh, solution, which would be an actual excavation of the entire line and replacing it. So uh, let's jump into that jetter piece. What exactly is that and how is it used?
0: Uh, It's a 22 horsepower motor that's attached to the side of my truck with a 250 gallon tank of water. Uh, It's a pressurized up to 3000 PSI of water. And then I use different nozzles, whether it's a back pulling nozzle that creates suction and pulls the clog towards the street whether it's a root-cutting nozzle that spins and bangs around and rips roots out, whether it's a diamond nozzle that uh, goes forward and pushes the clog out. So there's different types of nozzles that we use to attack the clog, depending on what the clog is, depending on where the clog is. Um, And it's attached to a uh, 300-foot hose. And uh, we go into, typically, I like to go outside outside of the house in the trap. Uh, because when you're addering, adding uh, 3,000 3, PSI of water into a line, uh, that water has to go somewhere until the clog <laughs> breaks up. Right. And if if it's in a basement or a clean out in the basement and I'm blasting and the clog hasn't uh, hasn't cleared yet, the sewage and the water that I'm adding to the line typically comes out at my feet, which yeah. is in someone's basement. And that's that's uh, that's the that's the scenario that I, I try to avoid. Sure. Uh, yeah. For for the homeowner's sake and for my sake. <laughs> um, and you know, the, it, and, I, and I explain that. You know, those are the, some of the jokes that I keep to lighten up the situation because when I arrive on these situations, they're stressful. So I try to keep it, you know, within reason, as light as possible, and explain while I'm explaining the process of how this is going to work. Um, and I try to explain that to the text too. That you know, we're trying to go outside, pull, to get behind the clog, and pull it out. Um, and we also have a, a smaller cable that we use for branch lines, typically uh, kitchen sink lines. Uh, and people like to put everything down their garbage disposal, and uh, you treat it as a trash can, and it, it clogs their line up. So we need to get in there with uh, pressurized water and clean out the grease and the eggshells and the, who knows what else they put down their drain line.
1: Yeah, so I want to step back to something that you mentioned there, talking about how it's it's always a stressful situation for the client. There is there's sewer uh, backing up literally into their home or their yard, or you know, in a maybe a lesser extreme, um, a drain just isn't going down, so you know the tub has standing water in it, or the toilet sure. or whatever it may be. So you're entering into a home in, in some of the arguably some of the most stressful plumbing situations out there. I mean if somebody's uh faucet is dripping, you know, okay, not the end of the world. If uh even if a pipe is dripping and you know you can put a bucket under it like hey, it's just clean water. Yes. But in your world it's it's not clean water. So how do you how do you calm the customer down and then how do you start navigating from there?
0: Well, you know, and I try to rely on my previous 25 years of food service and food service is a stressful situation too where People demand food at a specific time, along with 300 other people. It's, it's nonstop, constant stress. And, you know, over the years, I just developed this a calmness, I guess you could say. Um, some people might – my wife might, might question that. But uh, <laughs> uh, the, the ability to, to go in and, you know, genuinely have a conversation with them and say, listen, I'm here. I will solve your problem. I will take care of it. You can stand back. I will get my boots with poo on them. I will help you resolve this solution. I have solutions here, you know, and they're they're buying a solution to their problems. They're not buying a product, you know. They're buying me coming in and talking to them, and them trusting that I know what I'm doing. Uh, that I have the resources to back me up, and they just, I, the ability to just calm them down and say, I got this. You don't worry about it. This is, I will find the, I'll find the problem, and I will offer you solutions, and it will get taken care of. And you don't have to worry about it anymore. The only thing that you need to do is provide, provide me with payment at the end of the day. That's it. Everything else I will take care of.
1: Yeah and that's that's really a great point there Paul you're not selling a product you're selling a service yes uh, a solution as you said and those solutions um frankly they're not they're not inexpensive uh, you know th- this podcast uh, series is riches in niches and this particular niche is a really small one sewers and drains uh but there is riches there there absolutely
0: is and it you know I, sometimes not not so much uh but people like I can't believe that's how much. What do you? What? what Why are you charging that much? And you know, we've talked about this in training. And you know, it's you know, you're paying for me to be there the same day. You know, you're paying for my personality. You're paying for me. And uh, <laughs> well, then
1: we're we're not charging enough, buddy. No, we're not. I would say that
0: sometimes. <laughs> uh, you know that and you know i value myself and i value my time and i value my work work ethic and i it, it, there is a price tag to that and you know depending on how much i guess the value you place on your time and your energy is you know it, it's it's it reaches the the size of your paycheck and if especially in this type of thing where the, where there is no limit you know the sky's the limit no the skies the sky is a limit there's no limit here Is as much work as I can do is how much money I can make, and uh, you know so valuing myself and what I can do, uh, convey that to the customer, the customer, the client. uh, You can uh, you can go far.
1: Yeah, that's that's so good, Paul. And I'm curious as to how you begin that process with the client. So certainly you're coming into it. With an understanding of your value, of your tools, of the solutions that you're bringing to the home, how do you begin that process of, of, you know, okay, where do you start? uh, You know, what tools do you start with, and how do you go down the line? I mean, what I had mentioned earlier was, you know, cable, jetter, dig. That's kind of like the progression of smallest to biggest. So, how do you get from one end of that spectrum to the other? Is it is it always an opportunity to dig? Is it rarely an opportunity to dig you know is it always an opportunity to jet how, how do you kind of navigate all of that
0: well typically if i'm going to a, a home and there's you know a backup in the basement um, i am absolutely offering the the jetter that is there's no cabling there's no and why is that the, because it's the ultimate solution to that problem there's you know we can cable all day it may or may not get the uh, clog out you're not going to clean the line. You know, if typically from my relatively short experience, um, if there is a clog and it's cast iron or terracotta clay, you know, it's not because it just happened to clog. And this is a story I tell the client, you know, these lines don't just randomly decide to clog today because they're mad at you. They don't randomly decide to clog because that's just what they feel like. You know, this is a buildup, a progression of 20, 30, 40 years. And th- to stick a skinny little cable in there and wiggle it around for a while isn't going to do anything for this 4-inch line. Um, sure, it might clear out the obvious clog of wipes or toilet paper. That's not going to get the line clean. To Get this thing cleaned so that you can hopefully – You know, my ultimate solution every time I come into a home is to calm the client down and to clean out their line and get them free and open. You know, now, if I get them free and open and then after the camera inspection, there's breaks or there's roots, then we start progressing to the next step, which is the line replacement. But my, you know, I, I rarely go into a home saying, I'm selling a dig. This is it. They don't, doesn't matter what their problem is. This is where we're going.
1: So to interrupt you there, is is your main priority to first clear, like open the line so that things open up or, or do you, and and then have a conversation about fixing, you know, the ultimate solution or do you, do you not do anything first and then you talk about what your options are and then move forward from there?
0: I, I don't do anything first. I go in there and survey the situation, ask them some questions about, you know, what, how, you know, what when did this happen? How did this happen? Have you had problems before? Have you noticed any gurgling? Kind of get a, a brief history of of their feelings about their sewer system, about, uh, you know, has it this been a constant problem that did just randomly happen? You know, that way I can kind of have a better idea. Well, we've had gurgling for the last six months and the toilets have been a little slow. And that will lead me to the line of, you know what, this is a bigger problem than just some wipes caught in the trap. You know, if it's, oh, we flushed the toilet one day and it started coming out, well, maybe it's just a specific clog. So I'm learning as I do this that certain things cue to certain issues with their sewer line. And, you know, that information gathering, you know, you talked about, you know, the agreement, you know, and I I talked to them and saying that, you know, this is going to be a four-hour process if I sell the jetter this is what we expect to find, this is the path that it could lead to. You know, we if we get in there and we notice tree roots, I'm not saying you have them, but if we get in there and we notice these things, we need to start moving onto more permanent solutions. Um, and I often say, you know, the, the, the jetter here that I'm doing, it's not a magic wand. Uh, I can't wave this and blast out your sewer line and all is well with the earth and I'm on my way. That, <laughs> that doesn't happen, you know? and. I've learned to, to use that kind of verbiage uh, over my year or so here uh, because in the beginning it was, you know, everyone the, – the client thought it was a magic wand. What do you mean? So um, it, it's just these learning, these tweaking things as I get more experience, specific experience with this specific task of, you know, the hydro jetting, and then, you know, the ultimate solution of uh, sewer line replacement. And um, to to have those conversations and not be afraid to say, this is going to be $20,000. This is how much it's going to cost. And we'll take care of it for you. Don't worry. And uh,
1: keeping them at ease. Yeah, I'm sure that conversation probably has some significant sticker shock to it. Um, you know, when, when somebody's like, like, oh, you know, I have a clog. And then you come in and, and ultimately uh, five figures later, uh, they have a digger out in the front of their yard yeah. tearing up the grass and everything. So walk us through what that conversation sounds like, because I, I suspect that most of the clients that you deal with are not saying like, yeah, I mean, you know, let, let's start by digging up the yard. They're thinking, cool, the guy will be out here. He'll bring in some type of uh, fancy tool. He'll magically make it go away and I'll be on my way and so will he. So, I mean, how do you get from there to... $10,000, 15000 in an excavator? Well, that's the, that's the fun part,
0: I would say. Uh, you know, it, it starts with the original conversation, the original, you know, the terms that we use here. I don't know. I, I didn't really use those terms before, but, you know, the rapport, the getting to know the, the client, explaining the process. You know, when I'm getting there, is that, you know, this is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be hydrojetting out the line. I'm going to try and clear it out. I'm going to get the clog moving down the line. I'm gonna get my camera in here, I'm gonna start an inspection uh, while I have the hydro jetter hose in there and if there's any spots that are extra dirty or have some grease buildup, I'm gonna try and clean it off. Uh, but also while the camera's in here, I wanna notice any things that uh, need to be brought to your attention. And when I find those things, I'm gonna stop what I'm doing, I'm gonna bring you over and uh, we'll take a look at them and we'll, we'll uh, evaluate as we go. And having that conversation in the beginning, they understand that you know this could be more the you know having the conversation of they don't just randomly decide to clog up for one day and then get in there doing the service, calling them over, having conversations with them, you know joking around, keeping it light, um, and then showing them look there's there's a massive root ball here in your line. it's not going away um, and this has been going on for probably ten or twelve years this didn't didn't happen last week and it will continue to get worse. Um there's this break right here. I this you know the solution for this is to repair this line and we take care of everything for you. We take care of the fees, the permits, the licenses, the one calls. I mean giving them that I am an authority, I will take care of this for you. I know what I'm doing. Um don't worry about it and then having and when they the the trust is the thing that especially if someone is spending fifteen, twenty plus thousand dollars, they have to trust the person doing the job to sign that check. And uh f- this the ability to get them to trust me, to get them to believe in our company, to believe that we can handle this. And I often say, you know, if if I can't handle it, there's fifteen other plumbers behind me that can't. There's a, you know, there's, there's a support staff that provides, you know, the backup to get this job done. And, and we've talked about this before, but the, you know, we're not the cheapest, but because we have the support staff, because we have the tools, because we're professional, we're going to be the best and, uh, we're going to be, uh, priced as such. Yeah. The backup for the backup. Yes. I like, <laughs> 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 I like it. <laughs>
1: Hey, uh, Paul, I, in, in that course of the conversation there, you kept saying, um, you know, tree roots or, or look at the break here in the line. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you showing that to them? I mean, most drain lines are buried or behind walls or under floors or whatever. How, how are you displaying that for the client? Uh, we have a, uh, it's a cam- we call it a camera. It's a little
0: machine that uh, on a cord that uh, we, I typically put down the uh, riser in the uh, yard or through the trap if it's in the house and uh it drops down in you can drop it into the line and it's a little video screen like a TV show. I call it uh, I call it a uh a movie for the for the clients. Uh, you want to come watch the movie with me? Green Acres. Yeah. <laughs> there's uh there's a lot of things to see here. And uh, and, and and you know the when there's cast iron that's 30, 40, 50, 60 years old, it needs to be replaced. So whether or not there's a specific break, but you can get in there and as you're going along, they see the colored TV screen. They see the, the channel rod, They see big chunks coming out of the side. They see that it is a mess. And I explained that, you know, these chunks here on the side, it's not smooth. They're, the toilet paper is going to get caught on there. Uh, you know, compared to the PVC that we're going to be replacing it with. This PVC, you can stick a shoe in there and it's not going to clog This, you put in five pieces of toilet paper and you're calling me out here again. Mm -hmm. So the, this, you know, looking at that camera and them looking over my shoulder, me explaining every, you know, this is a 20 minute process sometimes of me just explaining every step of the way of the line, the issues that there are, you know, why it's a good idea. You know, this is the build up to the, let's have the sewer line replacement conversation. You know, it's this is a problem here. Oh, look at this. This is, and as we're going along, they're like, oh, wow. I said, you know, it's not broken, but as you can see with the camera, uh, this line is severely, severely deteriorated. There's lots of issues here that, you know, you're going to continue to have problems. And, you know, depending on what their pain threshold is, uh, it, I can kind of gauge that as we're going along. And, uh, Start working up to the next step, which is the ultimate goal of sewer line replacement, which is uh, my niche and where I get my riches from.
2: I love it. Yeah, I like the, uh, I like the analogy of um, the uh, arthros- arthroscopic uh, surgery, which is this, the scope of the knee that I had um, 21 years ago now when I tore my ACL the first time. Um, I remember them just cutting was it maybe two or three holes and just jamming a camera in there and he slid the camera down into the knee and he showed me the torn ligament and it was severed (laughs) and much like yourself when he pulled that thing out and um, you know I got I got stitched back up and everything he had options to go over with me and one of the options was to uh, clean it up and just remove all the um, torn and loose ligament and send me on my way and i'd have to be really careful and no more sports and um that that joint would be fairly loose uh, and another option was to go back in and put in a uh, cadaver acl which i thought was a good idea at first but then i asked them how old that cadaver might be and they, they couldn't tell me <laughs> so i didn't want somebody who was you know three times my own age and have to have it done again in a few years so I elected to uh, option three, which was they they take material from my own leg and make a new ACL for me. Um, but there were, there were options presented as a result of a camera scope. And I, you know, chose the option I thought was best for me. And much like yourself, you're presenting options um, and allowing that family to decide which option is best for them. And I assume your options look like, you know, we jet this line out. You you have some some um, root infestation here. Um, we got a lot of it cleaned up. However, guess what happens when that tree gets thirsty again? Those those roots start looking for water. They don't just come back. They come back thicker. They come back longer, and um, we'll be out here doing this again. You'll have this back up again. Um, option two is we dig up and replace that piece of line, um, and just. Put a little spot repair in and see how long the rest of the line holds up in this you know thirty five year old home and option one being the the most efficient option certainly for somebody who's going to be in the house for a while is we just start from the beginning and work our way to the end and replace every piece of pipe we can find with brand new pVc piping and how do you get the you're you're a master at getting um, people to see the benefit in replacing that whole line and not doing just the spot repair, which I would say certainly uh, your predecessor was more prone to, uh, most guys in a sewer truck are more prone to get the spot repair more often than the full line replacement, even on a, a line that's just you know, 40, 50 years old. And it just seems to make no sense. What is it that you do that's um, special that gets more homeowners to choose to just replace that whole line and be done with it.
0: I understand, Brian. Uh, And I have those conversations, like, I'm not going to compare myself to a doctor, but, uh, you know, you're going in and we're looking at the line, and, you know, I do offer some options. I rarely offer the spot repair. And the verbiage that I use, and I try to use this as the conversations, uh, to the things that they understand. You know, a lot of people don't understand the sewer system. So I'm like... You know, we can do a spot repair, but it's kind of like you have this old car that barely works. You're certainly not going to put four brand new tires on it. You know, you have this old sewer line that barely works. You're not just putting – you're not going to just replace one little piece of it, and then the rest of it is going to continue to fail. You know, and the ultimate – you know, you want this to continue to work for a long time. You want this to – whenever you go to sell your home in 10 years or 15 years – that this is a uh, something that is going to continue to last for you. Or if you're selling your home in two weeks, you know this is you don't want to continue to have these issues because they will continue to happen again. They will, you know, they don't get better. They continue they will get worse. and once this progression starts, it is a rather fast downhill spiral. And uh, and I use this is the verbiage that I used consistently. Especially whenever I go out and, you know, we offer warranties on our service, you know, a six month or a one year warranty. And in the beginning, I, if there was an issue, I wouldn't honor that warranty and it, it got some people irritated. So I've learned to use the warranty to my own benefit as being able to get a second touch or, you know, the fortune is in the follow up. Being able to follow up. All right. These are the issues in your line. I guarantee you that you will get backed up again. Um, they don't want to hear that replacement conversation. They don't want to. That's not. Nope. You, you, I wanted you to come out here to clear my line. That's it. I'm not hearing anymore. I, I understand. I typically we won't, don't offer the warranty because of X, Y, Z, whatever their specific problem is. I said, but you know what? I will offer that for you. You know, if this happens again, and I'm sure it will, but if it happens relatively soon, I'm coming back out here. I'm going to honor that warranty, even though. It's, uh, you know, we shouldn't be, but, you know, I'll do this as a personal thing for you. I'll honor your warranty. I'll come back out here. I'll open you up again. But then we need to have that serious conversation. I'll be out getting your line replaced. And they're, oh, okay, yeah. So and inevitably, you know, two weeks, six weeks, I'm getting that phone call. Paul, we're backed up again. You were right. Can you come out here and get me opened up? I'm out there. I open them up. And two days later, I'm replacing their sewer line. And if I would have tried to, to push that, I think, at the time of, oh, you're, the, we're not going to honor this warranty, you need to get it replaced, I would have never heard from them again. So it's, it's being ha- able to have those conversations that, hey, you know, there's, there's guidelines that we have, but uh, again, this is my own business. And uh, if I can offer this warranty and then get, that, get to come back and then you know, build that trust, then uh, we can move forward, and uh, you know, provide a solution for them, and provide a, a income for the business and for myself.
1: Yeah, I think that's an incredible strategy, there, Paul. Where you know somebody looking at this from a strictly black and white perspective would say, "Well, no, by the rules, by the book here, uh, warranty will not be offered if we need to come back here again because of X, Y, Z situation." Yes. Uh, but you've chosen to use that uh, as an opportunity to revisit the client, because you know that <laughs> you're going to be back out know. there. I'll be there. Yep. Yeah, and, and you choose to use it as kind of um, a showing of good faith, you yes. might say, or goodwill, saying like, hey, you know what? Uh, this isn't generally what we do, but I'll offer this to you because I'm concerned that this is probably going to be an issue. And, and then you put it up there up front, like, and when I do come back, you know. <laughs> we need to have, and I use the verbiage I absolutely say is we need to have the
0: serious conversation About you replacing your line, yeah, right. And I I put that in the notes, and I will. And and that's, you know, and I look at them in the face, and I use these very, very serious. Listen, we seriously will need to have that conversation. This isn't. I'll come back and keep doing this for the next year. You know, that's. I make sure that that is not on the table. That's that kind of the agreement. You know, here's the agreement. I will, I will honor this, but when I come back, there's a good chance that I will be. replacing your sewer line, you know, and they understand that and it it uh, it's, I would say probably there's maybe one that I've gone back to that hasn't done a sewer line replacement. All the others have been, yep, let's go, let's get it done because they've experienced that pain again and uh once is bad and then the second time if it's, you know, five or eight days later, they're
1: like, you know what, I'm not going to continue to do this. Yeah, so. I, I can, I was just thinking the same thing. I mean, <laughs> if, if you're, It's one thing to have a toilet start running again or a faucet start dripping again. It's another thing to have to go clean up your basement again. Yes. Uh, And and I'm sure that's a high motivation conversation for people to say, you know what, I'm not doing this a third time. Yeah.
0: And a lot of that's the conversation sometimes. We're not doing this again. I mean, even at the first time we get in there and I I, I jet it out and I show some even some minor issues. And they're like, what can we do to prevent this from ever happening again? Because we're not doing this. You know, and the, and the wife's usually over there, you know, stressed out, and he's got the, the children. And she's like, we're never doing this again. What can we do to prevent it?
1: <laughs> and uh, I'm like, I have Sign the solution. Sign that check, honey. <laughs> yeah, I have the
0: solution for you. And, you know, and you present it to them in, in a way that uh, you don't have to worry about it. You know, And I often, I'll, you know, say, you know, call your homeowner's insurance. You know, I have these to try and work with them that, hey, you know, try and get this paid for by someone else. Call your homeowner's insurance. See if you have any coverage. You know, if you need them to, to call me, I can talk to the, to the homeowners, uh, the, your agent. And I know the things that they want to hear, the words, the, the specific terminology that they're looking for, that maybe we can get you, uh, you know, some replacement uh, funds here. You know, sometimes they cover it all. Sometimes they'll cover the ex- uh, excavating. Sometimes they'll, they won't cover anything. I said, but you need to make that conversation call. And then I'll have the conversation with your agent, and uh maybe we'll get you coverage and they that is another the olive branch dare we say of of goodwill and faith that keeps uh keeps them you know being able to trust uh me and trust the company that yeah we're, that we're working for them, not just trying to take their
1: money and run right and that makes a lot of sense and kind of aligns with our our series here riches and niches where you're you continue to find. Niches, even within the niche, as to how you have the conversation, the terms that you use, the offerings that you present, the uh, above and beyond service that you provide—that's all part of it. Yes, and uh, we—I work with Charlie, the great man
0: Charlie, a lot, and uh, we were joking. I, whenever I I have these—I call them spiel's—but I have these things that I use typically or generally when I'm having conversations with people. That, you know, it's comedy, people laugh, it, it kind of ah, does that lightening of the mood sometimes. And it's, it's a stressful situation when you're talking about financing. People aren't sure if they're going to get approved, people aren't sure, you know, the interest rates, it's just, it's stressful. And, uh, you know, I, I have the conversation I start out with, you know, we're looking for uh, a total household income, whether it's you, you know, your spouse, uh, whether your kid has a YouTube channel, And that just they 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 they, uh, you know. And if they have animals, I'll say you know you your spouse, and if your cat has a YouTube channel, (laughs) so it gets it it kind of breaks that stressful uh, feeling because you can you can look. I look at them and I see that ah they're 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 screaming inside. And uh, if you can make a little joke and bring their their children or their animal or. Something that's close and dear to them into the conversation and make it light. Um, it uh, yeah. it you know the the cat the cat uh, YouTube channel sold a large job I did a while back. Yeah, you know they were weren't sure, and as soon as I made that quip joke, they're just like you're you're the man for the job, and we did an eighteen thousand dollar sewer line replacement out of wow out of me saying the cat YouTube thing. <laughs> so <laughs> I love it. Uh, I mean. Charlie and I joke about that sometimes,
1: so it was a good one. Yeah, well, we're uh, we're running out of time here, Paul. So I wanted to kind of end our conversation with with um, and a question about other service professionals. So obviously, I think one of the reasons that there's riches and niches, specifically in sewers and drains, is because there's very few people that want to do <laughs> that type of service. Absolutely. And, and and you've pushed through that, and you're happy, you know, happy as a clam, there, kind of uh, doing your thing. But for, for many service professionals, that's not their area of expertise. So what are some conversation points that either they can have or they can listen for with a client that they're serving that could refer your type of services out there? You know, if, if I'm an electrician or I'm a regular service plumber or I'm an HVAC guy and maybe I notice something or maybe I hear the client say something or maybe I visually see or, or you know, inspect something in the house that says, well, there could be a potential sewer Issue here, you know, what would be some ideas you would have for them?
0: Sure, some of the uh, and, and I try and do that for the other trades as well while I'm in a home. Try and keep my eyes and ears open for uh, opportunities for, for the other technicians, whether it's HVAC or electric. But for for looking for me, you know, if there's sometimes odor in the basement, sometimes you can smell the the, 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 the pungent smell of sewer, and it's not. Super evident, but it's kind of a musty smell. Um, If you're going around, you are flushing toilets, if they're kind of slowly moving, uh, that's a a good sign. If you're in the basement and it's cast iron, absolutely, they need their line cleaned out. There's no, you don't even have to look any further than that. It's cast iron. Well, I recommend that uh, our our drain specialist come out here. He can evaluate your system for you, uh, and if he thinks that there's any necessary uh, cleaning needed, any uh, necessary camera inspections to uh, verify that your line is good, then we can get him out here, no charge, and he'll come out here and give an evaluation of your system. That would work for me, just to get that touch, just to be able to get in the home in front of that client, um, just to say, no charge, I'm going to take a look at this, and then give me the opportunity to sell the, the jetter, to clean their line out, the opportunity to find problems and provide solutions. And that's what I want to do. I want to find problems and then
1: provide solutions to those problems. Yeah. And you are very good at doing it, Paul. Thanks so much for being on the podcast with us today. Um, I think you have certainly mastered the, rich in, the riches in that niche, particularly. So well done there. and We appreciate your service. Thank you. We can't let you go without doing some fun questions for you here at the end. Uh, so I am curious here. Actually, you answered one of my questions already, which oh, is, yeah. "What did you want to be when you when you grew up?" And yeah, that was a that was a <laughs>
0: definite. I, I was a definite. This is what I'm doing type thing when I was young, and I don't. I'm not sure how or why or what. You know, my mom. I grew up on a sheep farm in Virginia, so you know that's another story in itself. But uh, <laughs> we, uh, you know, my mom cooked and uh, you know we canned food and she cooked food and i loved food i loved the process of it i loved the the nature of it i loved the the enjoyment that it gives people uh the the life that it gives people and i just wanted to be involved with it and at 12 years old living in you know i didn't know what a chef was i did, but i knew that food i wanted to be involved with food
1: all right so speaking of food uh two part question for you here what is your favorite food to eat, and what is your favorite food to prepare? Well, I mean, food for me is very uh, event-specific.
0: It's very, <laughs> uh, you know, my mood. But I like spicy foods. I like the southwestern Central America type foods where it's spicy. There's tons of flavor. Uh, there's a lot of uh, slow roasting of meats, So I would you, go with that
1: spicy. So is, is that the same answer for both? That, uh, like to and cook to prepare,
0: well. um, you know, I love, uh, I love smoking meats, grilling and smoking meats is right. probably, what, probably what I do more of than anything. And I seem to be doing that, uh, at least once or twice a week, even with my schedule. Nice. So
1: it, uh. Party at the Francis uh, house. Every day. All right. <laughs> um, do you collect anything? Do I collect anything? I have
0: collected things. I've collected stamps, uh, coins. Um I would <laughs> I I try to collect uh money. Money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that coming. <laughs> <laughs> I uh try to collect that and keep it in a bank account. Yeah. I don't uh No I do you know, I'm not a big toys guy. I don't have motorcycles or four wheelers or an R V or you know, a fancy llama. You know, we have like an acre of land and we have a push mower. So I'm not, uh, I don't, uh, things like that, material things don't excite me. Uh, the uh, adventure excites me, doing things, traveling, being with my family. Those those are the things that excite me.
1: All right, so let, let's tie off of that. Uh, what is the next exciting adventure that Paul Francis wants to do?
0: Uh, well, we have a plan, of course. Um, life is... Life is easy, easily navigated when you have plans. Um, so, but our ultimate plan for my wife and I um, plan on moving down to Costa Rica again, and okay. I plan on writing a book. That's the plan. Nice. Whether that, uh, you know, we always have the conversation of, well, my daughter's 13. We got five years. You know, I don't. That's maybe pushing
2: the envelope. Note to self, we got <laughs> five years <laughs> that's to recycle. <laughs> and uh, you know. Um, you know let's get a guy in his passenger seat and start starting yeah. <laughs> out
0: so we get five years of now you know and th- we ha we we joke about that with our children like hey Owen, Owen, our son he's fifteen, it's like three years you're out of here, but you know I mean that's not we're not kicking them out the door at their eighteenth birthday, but you know we we are starting to plan in the the ten year range that you know at i'm forty seven so at fifty seven I think I will be financially secure enough, hopefully if everything goes as planned. To be able to move to, uh, the plan is to move to Costa Rica and uh, whether we, my wife talks about uh, taking care of some of the animals down there. There's the, the animals in uh, the foreign countries, Central America, are not quite as loved as, uh, specifically dogs and cats, aren't quite as loved as the animals we have here. And uh, so she, she has a big heart for the animals and I do as well.
1: So that's kind of the big picture goal. Nice. Well, make sure that uh, Waste No Day podcast gets a paragraph in the book. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. You got to throw us in there, buddy. We want We're trying to double
2: our listeners to 12. <laughs> to 12? <12. laughs> by, by the time you're 57. <laughs> let, me yeah, at, the... let me ask you a question, Paul. Sure. Uh, I don't typically do a rapid fire question, but yes. um, let's say you're courting Marissa again, start, mm-hmm. starting from scratch. You've got all the ingredients and in kitchen in the world. What meal have you perfected that you're going to make her? Oh, man, that's a good question.
0: That is, well, we actually did meet in the in the restaurant industry. Right. I was the chef, and she was a server. So we know how that
2: story goes. <laughs> okay. um, yeah. I, the, you the made joke, her life miserable until she accepted. The <laughs> <day>. <laughs> Basically,
1: my joke <laughs> I was know, that, that
2: story goes. Uh, the Bible. My
0: joke was that there's going to be my future ex-wife. <laughs> so that was my joke. Uh, she's she's a spitball. She's a, she motivates me. She keeps me on my toes. Uh, so she's uh, she's the driving force. Um, the meal that I would make, uh, we, we love Italian food. I mean, we made our own Italian wedding soup for our wedding. Um, so I think I would probably go back to that one again. That that was a great memory for me, us making the meatballs and doing those things together, uh, becoming, becoming a couple, becoming a married couple as we made the, uh, the meatballs and made that soup and then served it to our friends and family.
1: So I'd like to relive that again. That was pretty awesome. Wow. That sounds like a really great memory. And I think that's where we're going to conclude our podcast for today. So Paul Francis, um, Drain Specialist extraordinaire with Benjamin Franklin Plumbing. Thanks so much for being on the podcast with us. Absolute pleasure. It's been wonderful. Hey, if you are listening to this and you're saying that uh, you would like to find a place uh, that has niches and you'd like to find a place that has riches, uh, we feel like we have both here and we'd sure love to have a conversation with you and learn more about Uh, what you're looking to do and what you're looking to accomplish, and we are always hiring. We're always looking for more. Uh, Remember that you don't have to settle. You don't have to spend your days wishing for more. There is something else out there. There are new riches to be achieved in niches, uh, and and we have all that material and support for you here. So hit us up. You can find us at our website at WastenoDay.com. Find us on Facebook. Hit us up in the comments, whatever it is, but we want to hear from you. Uh, remember that you have the opportunity to wake up every single morning and choose to waste no day. This podcast is a production of of the South Central Pennsylvania branch of One Hour Heating and Air Conditioning, Benjamin Franklin Plumbing and Mr. Sparky Electric.